Welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I'm your co-host, co-founder of the website, Noah Ziegler, alongside my good buddy, co-host, and co-founder of the website, Adam Conrad. And Adam, a lot of stuff to talk about in the 859 basketball world. And we're also going to take a lot of time in this episode to talk about something that's affecting the entire Commonwealth of Kentucky. Um, it, it also begins with a C and rhymes with uh, Kyler Murray in, in a certain way. If you say it kind of quickly together, I don't know. But Adam, how are you doing? Uh, a very exciting episode I had. I feel like as, as non-UK fans, not to spoil it, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to be back. Uh, we had some great games this past week. Uh, some teams really establishing themselves, maybe the ninth region outlook is not what we originally thought and it's uh, more open than we expected, which is very exciting looking forward. So uh, let's get into it. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, we released the last podcast uh, Friday. So they, uh, this will be up Thursday, January 12th. So six days later, we, we were, I think the tone of the previous podcast was Govcast is probably the favorite. They're not unbeatable, but yeah, they're looking like it's just a team where, or another year where it's like, yeah, you kind of never should bet against them. Um, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but everything's not, nobody's perfect. And uh, the Colonel showed that. And, but nonetheless, we'll start off with a, a game, as you talked about, as a team kind of really growing into itself and it, starting to, really kind of put the pieces together where everybody thought it could happen, even though we were skeptical, but Newport with a seven point win over Highlands, they went to Fort Thomas and got a huge win coach for snap getting it done. Uh, of course, the Wildcats led by Taylor Kenny's 15 points and Jabari Covington's 13 points and seven boards. Marquez Miller added 12 points. And then James Turner did it on both, both ends, seven points, eight rebounds. Um, the Bluebirds still had Seth Ryan with 14 points, six boards. So these poor performance from him, but could not come up with enough to beat the Wildcats. Adam, this, as you said, I mean, this, this was probably the game where you're starting to think, all right, Newport's the whole hype heading into the season. You know, you have James Turner getting offered by Texas A&M. You have Jabari Covington transferring in. That was Taylor you Kinney. Have, Taylor Kenny, sorry. James Turner has been offered by... Uh, I believe Carl- College of Charleston is one of them. Uh, mm, and they're currently, currently not only currently ranked... Uh, oh, I guess, Well, they are currently ranked, but um, I mean, they're... College of Charleston, pretty damn good. Tay Kenny did get an offer from Texas A&M as well. It was, he, got, uh, he also has one from College of Charleston. The best university in the entire country, Uwe Pui, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, uh, UT Rio Grande Valley. So all the way out in Texas, uh, Jackson State, Stony Brook, Morgan State, Radford, uh, a bunch of really solid programs across the board. Obviously, Texas A&M leads the way when you say those schools. But again, College of Charleston's currently ranked. Uh, I mean, Stony Brook has made the tournament recently. Same with Radford. So um, a lot of offers for him. But it, it just getting back to the game itself, that's that was a big statement, I think, from Newport, Adam. What did you think of that one? And uh, like you said, it's it's. I think this region is a lot more open. Uh, yeah, that was a massive win for Newport. Uh, they've won 11 of their last 12 after uh, starting 2-2 two and two this season. So they're really hot at the right time right now. And they're 2-0 uh, and oh in district play already with wins over Highlands and Newcats. So there's 
in a great spot uh, looking to get the one seed in the district tournament. Uh, actually, their first winning against Newcastle was in the Swagger Holiday Classic, so that was on a district game. They play Newcastle next week. So that's a big district game for them. If they can get the one seed so they can play Bellevue or Dayton in the semifinals and then have uh, Highlands and Newcastle on the other side, that's huge for district tournament for uh, an easy path to the regional tournament. So Newport's got themselves in a great position right now, and they're really getting hot. As I said, uh, winners of 11 of their past 12. And, I mean, ever since Jabari Covington's been uh, eligible, this team has really started to hit their stride. They have four main scorers with multiple other great contributors. Uh, and they're just a regular uh, Rod Snap coach team. They're going to fight hard. They're going to be in a lot of battles, a lot of close games, and they're going to grind them out, and they're going to get a lot of wins. That may not look pretty, but they're going to get a lot of wins. And this Newport team, especially being this young, it, it, it's great to see them emerging this year because they could be great for the next three years. And if it's anything like this, it, it could be a very, very good team. For sure, for sure. Jabari Covington leading the Wildcats this season with 14.4 points per game and Taylor Kenny following with 14.3. And then Marquez Miller with 13.8. So as you said, James Turner has 8.5, but you have three players averaging over thir- almost 14 points a game. It's that you don't get that at a lot of schools. And let's let's just be real. It, it, the ninth region basketball is it just it seems to be more fun when you know you got like Newport or I mean in the past it was Holmes as well, just hitting it on, on all cylinders. It's fun to see a school like Newport get it um together, especially this season. And like you said, they're all so young. Like it, it, Deshaun Anderson, who isn't one of their primary players, he said he he adds points. Um he, I mean he he's one of their he can he can score is the point. Uh, he's a sophomore. Jabari Covington's a junior. Taylor Kenny freshman. James Turner freshman. I don't think I've. I don't. I I genuinely don't, cannot remember a team that has had this many or uh, two freshmen and then a junior. I guess maybe the two freshman yeah. part is what's really sticking out to me. And I don't know if maybe I'm forgetting about something, but seriously, I don't know the last time that a school in the A five nine has had. The kind, the kind of pedigree from two freshmen. Yeah, and know, on their bench, they have an, another freshman, Adonjay Lowe, and an eighth grader, Amante Lowe, that averaged 2.3 and 1.6 points per game. So they're young all around, but they're just getting it done. And, man, that, that's very scary looking forward to the ninth region for the next few years. Oh, yeah, definitely. And not to get cynical, I, I hate to do this, but I really hope they all stay together. I hope it's not... A case of, um, I mean, it again, we talked about it at length with Jacob Meyer transferring to a prep school. Um, there are obvious reasons why to do it, and I don't think at the end of the day you can truly criticize a player for doing it, but nonetheless, hopefully, they all stay at Newport for these next few years and the prep schools stay away because we always love when talent stays here, and it's been proven. And I mean, as it is, they're already getting D1 offers, and you look at someone like EJ Walker who, who can do it. And it, not this isn't any shade of Cuffcath, but it just goes to show that there are other schools that aren't Cuffcath that can get these bigger schools to come in, which is great to see just overall for the general landscape of A59 basketball. But moving on, speaking of you know Newport, NCC, some of these smaller schools, we've got all A going on in the ninth region. NCC opened it up with a 72 to 40 win over Bellevue. The Thoroughbreds advanced to play St. Henry. They played last night. Uh, Dayton 
defeated Villa 64-56. So Dayton set up a rivalry game against Ludlow. I wonder if they do the paddle for... It might just be a football thing. I wonder if they have the paddle for basketball, but that probably is a lot more complicated since they play quite frequently during the seasons. But St. Henry uh, it went on was, again last night. They defeated NCC 61-57. to um, The Crusaders with a big four-point win there. St. Henry have been kind of... They've been kind of struggling as of late. Uh, the, you know, the, the Crusaders only defeating Villa and Ludlow and Scott. And before that, they had, a, what was it? I think a seven-game losing streak, you know, when they lose schools like NCC, Covcath, Highlands, Cincinnati. They, they lost to both St. X's, NC and Louisville back-to-back uh, in the Care Spring Holiday Classic. Just a lot of tough losses, but they got a good one against NCC. Um Again, the Crusaders being led by Jack Grayson's 21 points. He went 7 of 9 from the field, so very impressive there. Matthew Reising adding 14 points as well. But nonetheless, the Crusaders getting it done. They advanced to play the winner of the game we're about to talk about, Newport. They defeated Beachwood by 31 points, 81 to 50. An easy win for the Wildcats. Again, as we were talking about when they beat Highlands, obviously, we were talking about that game. Newport's on a roll. They have a game against St. Henry in the All-A semifinals. And on the other side of that bracket, right now is, or as we record, or it's likely over by now, but we haven't seen anything yet. Uh, Holy Cross is playing Heritage. With all due respect to the Eagles, going to assume Holy Cross is going to win that one. So Holy Cross will play Ludlow. In the event that it doesn't happen, Heritage will play Ludlow, and I might have to fly in for that one because... I I don't know the last time that if that's ever happened, if Heritage played Ludlow in the all eight regional semifinals, but nonetheless, that is the all a roundup. Um, Adam, anything, anything of note, obviously St. Henry versus Newport is probably the game to watch, which will set up. Uh, I mean, again, with all due respect to Ludlow, Holy Cross is going to be favored in that one. So, it's going to be interesting to see if Jacob Meyer can make it back to back with the Indians. But what do you, what do you think kind of this final four in the LA regional, uh, regional tournament? Uh, yeah, as you said, I like Holy Cross to come out of that side, as we said in the preview podcast as well. But, uh, that St. Henry Newport matchup is interesting. Uh, I, I really like Newport in that one though. I, I think Newport matches up well against St. Henry. They have a lot of size, uh, which counter St. Henry is also a very lengthy team. And then I, I think Newport would uh, would beat Holy Holy Cross in the finals as well. So I like Newport coming out of this. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think this uh, this would be kind of the big chance. We said, you know, them beating Highlands is kind of their statement, but this would be the ultimate statement to make. Um, I don't – dang, I can't remember the last time Newport won an all-A tournament. It, had, it was a – it had to have been when Ethan Snap was there, maybe. Maybe. Also, maybe. we are betting against uh, Jacob Meyer here, so. Right, right, right. Which is, I mean, that's that's just gonna be that's ooh, that's gonna be such a fun game. Holy yeah. Cross and Newport. I mean, dang, I don't. They haven't played yet this year, so if that could be set up to, you know, you got Jacob Meyer taking on a team filled with the athletes that Newport has. Uh, obviously, Holy Cross also having guys like uh Javier Ward and Jacob Smith. I think that's Sam Gibson. Yeah, exactly. I mean, God, that's going to, I mean, that's, you're going to find, or you're going to be hard pressed to find a ticket to that one. But um, in the event, 
the semifinal game, uh, at least, let me just double check this. Yeah, so both semifinal games will be 6 o'clock. The 6 o'clock game being St. Henry versus Newport and the 8 o'clock game being the winner of Holy Cross and Heritage versus Ludlow. And then, excuse me, then the championship game will be Saturday at 7 p.m. I believe it's at Beachwood this year, so pretty big, pretty big gym. But again, probably going to be packed. Whatever the final is, I mean, even St. Henry versus Holy Cross would be a good game as well. St. Henry versus Heritage or St. Henry versus Ludlow. I don't know. Newport versus Heritage shock the world. But nonetheless, um, I agree with you. I, I could see. I think. Um, you know, what, actually, just to be contrarian, I'll say Holy Cross just to I don't know. Just because, um, but yeah, again, it's, hard, it's yeah. hard to go against Jacob Meyer. That's exactly. Fair. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, you know, Newport can do it, but when Jacob Meyer's high, it's, it's, it's the question of can teams match up with a guy like Jacob Meyer, like Jabari Covington is a great scorer and he proved that last year when he played in Ohio, but he, I don't think he's had a game where he's quote unquote gone off in the sense that Jacob Meyer has. And when you have someone like Javier Ward who also puts up numbers, I mean, bam. So it, it, it dang, that's going to be such an interesting game just to see how it goes. I'm actually, I, I, I say that's going to be, that could be an interesting game. Um, but we'll put a bow on that. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned to our Twitter to see who wins. See who's going to play each other in the ninth region championship. Uh, last game we're going to talk about before we get into the special Coach Kyle Parody sponsored segment. Um, Connor, we talked about this at the beginning. Connor, 74, Covington Catholic, 68. Covington Catholics, I, I, did you see what was the home? There was a winning streak, correct? It was a home winning streak. What was, was it? Shoot, I think Evan Dennison might have tweeted something about it, but nonetheless. Cuffcath lost at home. Uh, obviously, a pretty, pretty significant in the sense that I mean, it's Cuffcath and a rarely lose, and then rarely lose at home. Region loss in two years. I mean, it's just what happens in Park Hills. It's just what happens. But for the Cougars, Dalton Kramer had twenty-one points and seven rebounds. Landon Hamilton hit twenty points, and he also hit the one thousand point mark in his high school career. So congratulations to him. He's been a great player to watch all these years. Aiden Lore adding 11 points as well. And I mean, Connor just, they exactly what a Matt Audi game plan probably consisted of, which was, you know, get to the free throw line 30 times and then make 25 of those. I mean, we, we always joke. I mean, or people always joke about if a team struggles the free throw line, Oh, they're going to be running the next practice. What's the inverse of that? I mean, you, you got for Connor, you had Landon Hamilton go nine of 10 for the line. Dalton Kramer, seven of 10. And then Grant Reese went one of two, but everybody else went perfect. That, it just, that's just crazy. That's crazy good stats. It's it's one that I think deserves a shout out to go 25 of 30, especially at the high school level. But uh, for the Colonels, Evan Ipsaro had 24. Castle McGillis had 23. Those two are just always going to get it done, but it just wasn't enough to get uh, to stay off the Cougars. That was a big win. Uh, the fan, uh, the seeing some of the videos taken at the game, their fans seem to really enjoy it. But Adam, as you said, this region might not be as headed in a direction that we thought of. It may, it's just, it, it's just wide open. What do you, what do you think this game kind of 
What do you think it just says in general? I think it says a lot about the region, but I think it just it says a lot about both teams as well, that Connor can play up to the level of one of the best teams in the state, and Cuffcath is susceptible to being upset. Yeah, yeah. This is a really eye-opening uh, game for us uh, this year. We really thought Cuffcath was going to be on top of the mountain the entire year, probably run through the region, maybe have a couple of close calls as they did earlier in the year. But especially Cuffcath losing is one thing, but losing a home game in front of their home crowd is very shocking. Uh, shout out to Connor. This was an absolutely fantastic performance. They have a senior led team and they look very, very good. They have a very experienced team. Ever since Landon Hamilton's come back, he's really injected the energy back into that lineup. They've won eight of their last nine games with one loss in a holiday tournament to St. Charles from Columbus, Ohio. So they're really rolling at this point in the season. And they also beat Cooper. So they they're set up to have the top seed right now in the 33rd district. And yeah, as you, as you mentioned, they have three great scorers in Landon Hamilton, Aiden Lore and Dalton Kramer, and also Daniel Campbell as well. They have four guys averaging double digit, uh, figures so yeah i mean this connor team's very good and with connor cuffcath and newport as we mentioned earlier I, I think it could be any of those three teams could have an argument for number one at some point this season assuming cuffcath doesn't bounce back from this and look spectacular for the rest of the year which i somewhat expect cuffcath to ha- treat this game kind of like a wake-up call and mm-hmm. they're going to come back and fix those mistakes and be ready come regional time. But I, I think this region is a lot closer than we expected. Uh, looking forward to that one game on January 17th. That's six days from now. So next Tuesday, Cuffcath uh, Highlands. I'm sure that place is going to be rocking. And then three days later, Cuffcath Lloyd. <laughs> As you said, just difficult schedule. Um, but let's let's wrap things up on a on a brighter note because this is definitely a topic that I think just every any any podcast show whatever related to anything involving the state of Kentucky is it, it just needs to touch on this subject. Um, Adam, I think it's fair to say that Cal Perry, his seat is not hot because his buyout is sixty just, million. Yeah, something like that. And the other defense is that oh he's got a good recruiting cost coming in, which is you know he never same, has one of those coming in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same tune of everything, but all of a sudden, it, it you're starting to realize like okay, the, you you see Kentucky at the beginning of the season they lost to Michigan State by nine, and I think the takeaway was that this is a typical cow loss to lose in the early in the season, but Michigan State looked pretty good to start the season. And Kentucky didn't even look bad. That game was what triple overtime or something like that. I mean, it, it just, just didn't fall their way. They get blown out by Gonzaga, who I think in turn either intern or had previously gotten blown out by Texas. They barely beat a not so great Michigan team. They lose to UCLA by ten. They get blown out or not? Uh, they they get handled by Missouri, who has a first year, excuse me, first year head coach you get blown out by Alabama 78-52. You lose to a terrible South Carolina team who, it, again, I cannot emphasize how terrible they are, 
Do you think there's a chance that next year we're not talking about head coach John Calipari with Kentucky? I I, I still don't know about that. I mean, just with the buyout being $60 million, I, I think the only way that he's not there next year is if he leaves to take another job, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I could maybe see happening, but I, I don't know. That, that would still surprise me a lot. So, yeah, I, I mean the buyout's not going to happen, but I mean the fan base is very, very upset right now. Did you see mm-hmm. the sign that was in the stadium? Yeah, thrown out. Yeah, thrown said, out. Uh, please go to Texas. I was going to say, now. if there's any school that could potentially pull it off, I think it would be Texas. But I think John Calipari has too much self pride to take. Like, that would be such a blatant. Oh, everything's not going well. I'm going to get out now. And like, sure, most people probably would say, yeah, agree and say, yes, it's without the buyout. I think people would I think it would be definitely realistic that he is gone by the end of this year, just because it, it's clearly not working. It's not to say Cal's a terrible coach or anything, but it's just it, it's the end of his time. It's like it's been however many years, it's been over a decade since he last won a national championship. It, it, it's just time. I mean, it's hard to win in college basketball, obviously, and he. I mean, he did squander a couple other pretty good opportunities to win national titles, um, but I don't know. Not to bring those up, but 38-1 and one sounds pretty funny. Nonetheless, uh, they play Tennessee coming up, at, what is that, Saturday at noon in Knoxville. <laughs> They're not winning that game, I don't think. If, if Calipari wins that game, then it, it's going to be so funny to watch all Kentucky, Big Blue Nation just combust with because they don't know i wouldn't if i was a uk fan i wouldn't know how to act if i honestly like i don't blame the frustration but as you said it's getting to a point where people are bringing signs to games which by the way the amount of people who kept saying that was like a first amendment violation and that he should (laughs) sue the school like do you really think that they don't like if you purchase a ticket kentucky doesn't have the right to be like hey you either get rid of the sign or you leave like it's just how it is like you can't do that and anybody who doesn't think you can't do that well be real be real realistic but what do you adam what do you think this next step is i mean it just you're on a two-game losing streak you're you lost to tennis or you're probably gonna lose to tennessee coming up here and then three days after that they play at home against georgia then after that texas a&m but and neither of those teams are particularly great but UK's ten and six and one and three in the conference. That it's not very good. Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, uh, I think they're on the outside looking in uh, when it comes to tournament play. Their best win, as you mentioned, is either Yale or Michigan at uh, at this point. Michigan <laughs> or Bellarmine. Yeah, or Bellarmine. Bellarmine's <laughs> a little bit down this year, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And the Michigan win was at a neutral site in London. So, congrats on winning a game in London. But, yeah, I mean, this Kentucky team has just been very weird. A lot of weird quotes after the game, like Oscar calling out his teammates. That seemed a little unnecessary. Told Cal that he needs to put in some people that fight, put in a walk-on if you have to. I just don't know why, like, your team leader would be saying something like that. That wouldn't make me feel great if I was on the team. No. Uh, Yeah, so things are not going great in Kentucky, and – I, I don't know what they're going to do here. And yeah, I, as a Louisville fan, looking <laughs> at it, it's hard not to laugh. 
especially like all with all the problems that we've had. Yeah. <laughs> and they've all been laughing right in my face. So it's I'm just not like hold back. mutual destruction in this sense. Yeah. Just everybody's like, hey, everybody's sad. I mean, shoot. Really, I mean, the entire state of Kentucky is kind of struggling right now. You got UK having a down year, Louisville having a down year, Murray State's in a transition year after Mac McMahon left, and they're not very great. Also joining the Missouri Valley, which is a lot tougher than the Ohio Valley. Uh, Western's honest, I having mean, a rough year. Yeah, it, I mean, is uh, how's Northern doing in the Horizon? I know you're more in tune with that. They're doing pretty well in the Horizon League. I believe they're four and one in conference play right now. Okay, they're nine and seven. So yeah, they're they're starting to play pretty well. Of course, they, they're leading the they charge. Right state by like ten. So always a yeah. huge win there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because like Kentucky, their problems. A lot of people point to their poor shooting. Well, they're third in the SEC with forty six point two percent field goal percentage. They're third in the SEC with seventy six point three points per game. But I mean, they're, re- they're third in rebounding with thirty nine point one, because you know you have Oscar Sheboy. Awesome. But you're they're they're tenth in the SEC in points allowed at sixty seven and a half. So you're you're kind of just got that going. You got Oscar kind of manning the way. I, if I had, a, I wish I need to pull up Ken Palm and see what their stats there are. But they're just not. They don't click. Like something something is absolutely wrong. And we were you watching the game against South Carolina? Yes, yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, that last play by Seville, Severe Wheeler, just hysterical, absolutely yeah, I, hysterical. I was out of a timeout too, so that was a drawn up play. That that's what made it even more questionable. Exactly. It's a it, it, that's that's just something that happens at the at the middle school and high school level to make a pass like that. In South Carolina, it's not like they're playing zone, so it's not like you throw it in the worst case scenario, it just bounces out of bounds. But like you're the guy, it's not like you should be able to tell if you make a drive into the paint and if the winger or if the guy on the wing or defender on the wing comes in to collapse, like and double team you or almost or try to shut off your path to the basket. Cause then you go, Oh, let me kick it out to the guy you just left. Not I'm gonna drive in and have my guy in front of me and then just kick it to the wing. Cause because why would South Carolina let someone just chill on the wing free and, you know, tie the game? I mean, they, I was I was impressed that CJ Frederick uh, on that one possession where they actually managed to get like three shots off and none of them were close to going in. I was impressed that CJ even caught that shot off. But and they, they needed a a big run late in the game to even make it close. Like South Carolina was taking care of business and they withstood a late charge. I mean, again, cannot emphasize how bad South Carolina is just to paint it in perspective. They're currently eight and eight. They're one and two in the conference now, but they were coming off an 85 to 42 loss to Tennessee at home. So (laughs) congratulations, Kentucky. The team you just lost to got their Asses kicked by Tennessee, so that's going to be fun for them. I mean, South Carolina beat or lost to Vandy by five, and I mean, Vandy's okay. They're eight and eight and one and two in the SEC. So what are you going to do? They, I mean, here South Carolina's losses include this is a great list. Um, I'm counting this as a loss. They beat South Carolina State to open the season by three points. <laughs> they lost to Colorado State by thirty two. They lost to Davidson by nine. They lost to Furman by 19. 
They lost to George Washington by 24. They lost to UAB by 14. They lost to ECU by 8. Sounds like Louisville. <laughs> yeah, but hey, they beat Western Kentucky. <laughs> At least they got that. I mean, I mean Western. I don't know what yeah. they're doing, but yeah, exactly. And Florida A&M. massive programs i mean hey florida a&m's got one of the best bands in the country but yeah exactly but nonetheless south carolina is not good they also beat a here also again on the topic of wins that are basically losses they beat georgetown by three georgetown last night lost their 27th consecutive big east game and somehow patrick i i I, oh my jaw dropped I, i thought there's no way that's true but i they hey Patrick Ewing, he's the answer, I guess. I don't know. They should probably fire him, but who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, as you said, I think I have to agree. As of right now, Kentucky on the outside looking in. I mean, does does Lenardi even have him in now? I don't. He doesn't have him in now, does he? No. Or I, yes, I don't know he has if him he's on the done bubble. A bracket update since has he done one since the game last night? Uh, no, he did one yesterday morning. So he. I'm sure Kentucky being in the last four buys, uh, which is the group or the group of four teams ahead of the last four in. So they are pretty much the seventh last team in the tournament. Losing to South Carolina 100% puts you out. So unless they beat Tennessee, I think the right back in. And again, that'd be hysterical if that happens. But yeah, road win at at a top five Tennessee team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think. They have a multiple chances left this year. They mm-hmm. play Tennessee twice. They play Auburn twice, and they play Kansas at home next week. And yeah. they play Arkansas. They play Arkansas as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's just yeah, like you said, they got they got they got chances. They're gonna have the chances to do it. Are they gonna do it? As of right now, I don't think so. I think this would be a good testament to Calipari if he can turn this season around, sneak into the tournament. But if this crashes and burns. I, I think maybe not this year, but I think next year is when the heat really starts to turn up. And I think the Texas interest could play an interesting role in it. Um, Cause it, and we're, I was listening to Titus and Tate and they were saying, and this is absolutely true. They were saying that it was for the longest time, it was always Calipari is going to leave Kentucky in a quote unquote breakup. That's going to be like, I, I want to stay here, but I get a job opportunity in the NBA. Like you don't turn that down. And I think I agree. It, it's what it was to start after he, the f- years after he won the national title. Everyone kind of was like, "We don't want to lose him, but we understand that he's going to go to the NBA at some point, probably." Then things start to not really shake out that way, and I don't, I don't think he's going to get to the NBA because it would have happened by now. And I think with NIL, I don't know. I, I know he's been very progressive about it at UK, but you know who else has been progressive? Texas. So. <laughs> I mean, I think Texas, again, like you said, the buyout's too big, but I think Texas is the only team that I think has a realistic chance in the college realm to hire him away from Kentucky. If he gets fired or if he resigns, it's a completely different ballgame because obviously he's a free agent at that point. But Adam, do you see anybody other than, I mean, as of right now, I guess Texas is the only school, but I know, and I know we're kind of on the same page in terms of I mean, there's. I don't think he's out after this season, but I mean, realistically, do you think? And let's just go down the line here. Do you think Kyle Perry coaches at another school after UK, or do you think maybe this might be it, and he takes more of a 
general manager slash maybe he goes to Team USA and just chills there for the entire time. What do you think kind of happens once this chapter closes? Because it surely is headed that direction. Well, I mean, 10 years ago when or 12 years ago when John Calipari took the job, he said that Kentucky is a 10-year job is what he said. So we're on year 12 at this point, and we're at this point. So I, I could see Cal moving on and going to a place like Texas or somewhere else that maybe not might not be open yet and could open up because he's a huge name and any program would probably want him. So, yeah, I could see Cal moving on just because, I mean, it's been a while. He's still doing awesome in recruiting. He could take his players with him if he wanted to. I know Kentucky fans don't want to hear that, but that's <laughs> what would happen if he leaves. He's going to take a lot of those guys with him, and that's why Kentucky is very hesitant to want him to leave because mm-hmm. it would absolutely squander them in recruiting for that year, and you'd have to be very on top of him, get a, very good, a guy that's very good in the transfer portal as well. So I, I don't know if Calipari is going to leave, but the fans are very upset right now, and if it continues to snowball, it could really get out of hand, and maybe, maybe he will want to leave. Who knows? Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I bring up the fact, I, I don't know if I said this during the podcast or before, but Cal Perry has so much pride that I don't know if he would resign and take the uh, trap door out. But there's also the sense that if he has so much pride, he might also be self-aware and say, this isn't working. Yeah, I'm going to go. It's run its course. This, yeah. I've done my job here. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it brought it, the program back to where they should be as Kentucky right. basketball. And exactly. Yeah. He was a great yeah. coach for him. Yeah. Well, last question as we wrap up here: if when it if it happens, say and not not this year but next year, who do you if you're Mitch Barnhart, who do you call? I saw someone throw Bill Self out there. I don't I don't think that would happen unless UK can offer him way more money than he currently makes, which I have no idea if they can. Yeah, I've uh, seen a lot of Jay Wright too, which seems a little unrealistic yeah, after he yeah. retired from Villanova. I mean. And, could probably easily get an NBA job if he wanted to. It could it could also go after Billy Donovan, who's kind of dealing with uh, the Bulls, who were good last year. Now they're on the downturn again. He might be facing another rebuild, so Billy Donovan might want to come back to the uh, fray. I'm sure Brad Stevens' name is going to get thrown out there. And to I, be honest, I'd that... rather be an NBA GM if I were him. <laughs> Seems like a fantastic job. Exactly. You don't want him to go to Kentucky <laughs> at all. I don't think he would want to coach anymore. I mean, I don't think so either. If he turned down Indiana, there's no way. Unless again, unless he's getting offered so much money, but uh, I mean, you can't go the assistant route. It's UK. You can't. Like you can't take this risk. I've also Um, seen Musselman and Nate Oates thrown out there. Oh, Nate Oates would be. That would be hilarious. I don't. I that would make Cal Perry so angry. I feel like. I feel like Musselman would be a good shout. That would, I, I that feel like for me because I really like Musselman. Eh, I don't like him since he was the coach of Nevada do. during that one yeah. game, which That's we won't fair. really talk about. Yeah. You could go down the well and uh, hire a former coach. I know. Um, I mean, Tubby Smith retired. Billy Gillespie, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's at Tarleton State, who went from D1 or D2 to D1. Um, you could hire Rick Pitino, who's at Iona. I'm sure he would take the job. But I don't know. That would, that would hurt me. That would be so funny. But uh, Adam, any closing <laughs> remarks before we wrap up here? Uh, yeah, another great week of high school basketball. Uh, 
good luck to all the teams in the all a and yeah the region looks like it's more of a battle than we expected so that's very exciting looking forward and good luck to all those uk fans out there yes good luck to all the kentucky fans and gonna be a fun regional outlook for the second half of the season for adam conradi i'm noah ziggler and we'll see you next time